What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. I am Robert Wampler, and let's get started talking about some of these NFL coaching openings. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today. We're going to be talking about the playoffs, divisional rounds, some of those great games, Chiefs and the Browns, Saints and Buccaneers. We're also going to be talking about the college football national championship between Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, talk a little bit about college football and the future of that sport. Plus, we'll be discussing uh, a little bit of NFL draft uh, later on. So stay tuned. All that is coming up on Red Zone Radio. Okay, so there are a lot of head coach openings uh, in the NFL out there. And a lot of them I, I, I don't think are good openings. If I were a head coach, I wouldn't want to go to these places. And let me give you an example of this. I wouldn't want to go to New York. Okay, it's freezing cold there half the year. You're in the shadow of the Giants there. Not to mention the fact that if you don't put up at least seven to eight wins your first year there, you're gonna you're gonna want you're almost gonna be run out of town by the fans. Not to mention the fact that you don't get the number one overall pick because they won last season. So you have to pick the the second best quarterback, which is most likely gonna be Justin Fields. Nothing against Justin Fields. Uh, behind. Whoever ta- whoever takes Trevor Lawrence, which would be Jacksonville, most likely. So you have a worse pick than Jacksonville. It's colder there, and the pressure is higher. I don't think anyone would argue the fact that Jacksonville is a much better job opening than New York. Also, Philadelphia is one I would not want to go to. The pressure is on you as soon as you go there. They just fired a coach who, outside of last year COVID season, he's made the playoffs more often than he has not since he's been there. Yet, he was fired by the management. Not to mention, it's not like anything else is there great in Philadelphia. You also have to compete with teams like the 76ers and teams like the Phillies. I understand Los Angeles Chargers is a good job opening. But here's what I would say to that. Yeah, you got Justin Herbert. But you also have to live in the shadow of the Lakers and the Clippers and... Probably the Rams and the Dodgers. There are so many sports teams in Los Angeles in the Bay Area, like the 49ers are in that state, California. You also have the Warriors in that state. That you as a young head coach going to the Chargers, who I would make the argument is the least popular pro sports team in the city of California, because you also have the Rams, don't forget, in the NFL. Uh, you have a lot of competing to do to get teams and fans in those stands in Jacksonville you're the only you are the only sports team in Jacksonville uh it's warm there and you're like well, what does that have to do with rebuilding a team well it has something to do with the decision making I believe if you were a coach because if you were coaching you're move your whole family out there you gotta think okay it's warm out there in Jacksonville good weather pretty much year-round uh the pressure is not going to be that high on me they let they let coaches stay a while before they fire them if they do poorly. I get the number one overall draft pick. I can draft some offensive linemen, protect him. Uh, it's going to be warm there all year round. And look, it, it's not like I'm going to be competing with anyone to get fans in the stands. I want a couple games. The stands are going to be packed next year uh, after COVID, obviously, but the stands are going to be packed. I don't have to compete with other sports teams. To me, and it's one that not a lot of people talk about, and I know because Urban Meyer most likely is going to go there. But to me, I think Jacksonville uh, is gonna is would make sense for me if I was, especially like 
these teams want these high caliber, high level head coaches, which is totally understandable. But they want someone like Lincoln Riley. They want someone like Ryan Day, uh, someone like an Eric Bieniemy on the Chiefs, uh, someone of that nature. Someone maybe in like a Joe Brady, um, former LSU offensive coordinator and Saints offensive coordinator. Understandable. But I think what people also have to understand is, look, if the opening is not attractive, why would they leave her that? Like, Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day right now are in tremendous situations, okay? They are at Blue Blood College programs. They both have, they both are the king of their conference. Ohio State and Oklahoma are going to win the Big Ten and Big 12 every year for the next 25 years. Uh, they're all there. Every year they have a chance to make the playoffs, Ohio State and Oklahoma too. Every year they have a chance to compete for a national title, and every year they're going to finish top five, top ten in recruiting. So this idea that there's going to, oh, by the way, they're probably going to make more money than they're going to make in the NFL, where they're going to be on a much shorter leash. So this idea that they're going to get these young head coaches and these young coaches want to coach NFL, it's not necessarily true. I mean, if you put yourself in Lincoln Riley's shoes today, you could stay at, at a blue blood college program, coach young quarterbacks every year, continue to recruit young quarterbacks that you can mold like he likes to do, like he's great at. Uh, you can build your offensive schemes like you like to do, play in the Big 12, compete for a national championship every year. Same with Ryan Day. Same thing with Ryan Day. Or you can go to an NFL team where the pressure is going to be much harder. It's going to be a lot harder to tell the kids, because these aren't kids anymore. These could be grown men, what to do. And and you're going to have to offer them something that they don't have at the college level. And it's it's going to be hard to convince them to come to there. So if there's one school that I think, or one team that I think can do it, it's going to be Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville has, I believe, the most attractive job opening. Uh, and they don't have to compete with anybody. And they have a young quarterback. And they have the number one overall draft pick. So uh, if you're Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, I don't even know if you leave for Jacksonville. If you're Joe Brady, you might leave your offensive coordinator position to go to Jacksonville. Uh, if you're Eric Bieniemy, you might leave your offensive coordinator position to go to Jacksonville. I just think Jacksonville is a much better job opening than any other one of these openings. I think it's got everything. No competition. Expectations aren't high. Number one overall draft pick. Clean slate. Uh, no other sports teams in the area to compete with. I think it's got everything. All right. So let's move on to uh, let's move on to these NFL playoff games. So, you know, it's interesting with the Cleveland Browns because they have not been in a position where, first of all, they made the playoffs for the first time in over 17, 18 years. Then they won their first playoff game at Heinz Field, mind you, at Heinz Field on a Sunday night football game in primetime. And now they're going to the Giant. Uh, in the Chiefs. Let me say this about the Browns. Now, I talked about Baker Mayfield earlier this week, and I said, look, he gets, he is, he may not be the biggest, may not be the strongest, may not be the most athletic, but he gets the job done, and that's really all you can ask for uh, in a quarterback. So, so let me uh, talk about this game, though. Chiefs and the Browns. I know everyone's thinking the Chiefs are going to annihilate the Browns. The Browns had a good run. It's fun. Uh, it's exciting. But the Chiefs are going to annihilate them. And I would say this. Not that I am confident Cleveland's going to win. And I'm not going to pick them to win this game. But it would not surprise me at all if the Browns are 
advancing to the AFC Conference Championship after this week. And I know it's like, but they're the Chiefs. There's no way they're going to lose to the Browns. I mean, just say that out loud. But the Browns have nothing to lose. Don't Here's the thing. Kansas City is playing in a position this Sunday where they've been rested. They have been the kings of the NFL for really the past year and a half. I mean, it's a long time. Ever since, really ever since, I would say, they came back for the Texans, they have been considered the kings of the NFL. I would, I would make that argument. I think it would be fair because they really have only lost one game since then. I'm not going to count the loss to the Falcons. They're arresting a lot of their star players. Realistically, they've only lost one game since then. So, they are the kings of the NFL. They're playing in Arrowhead Stadium. They win their events in the AFC Championship. The Cleveland Browns have a game plan, I believe, that, that can attack the Chiefs' weaknesses. The Kansas City Chiefs are ranked 19th, the 19th best rush defense in the NFL. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. So they are in the lower half of rushing defense, meaning they, out of out of all the NFL teams, they're 19th. So they only have 11 teams who are worse than them in rushing defense. Cleveland is top three rushing offense. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, they like to get the ball out to Jarvis Landry sometimes in a pitch or something like that. But their rushing offense with that O-line is amazing. It's the perfect plan. The key for Cleveland is this. Stay ahead of schedule. Get points. I, I know. Here's the thing. Every time you watch these teams, they sort of don't know what to do if they're if it's like a fourth and short or whatever. I got to get a touchdown. I got to get a touchdown. I can't put to Kansas City. And it might be true. Get some sort of points every time you're on the field. You got to flip the field. I know that's a lot easier said than done. When I say points, I don't mean you got to get a touchdown every time you touch the ball. Limit the turnovers. Run the ball. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And get some sort of points Every time you're out there. Even if you get field goals every time you're out there. Just keep within striking distance. Keep within striking distance Kansas City. And it's not that I don't believe they can do that. I think Kansas City is obviously going to pull away. Because I think Kansas City is the best team in the National Football League. And I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But if the Browns somehow manage to win this game. If they somehow do it. They can be anybody. And they are a legitimate, legitimate Super Bowl contender. This is the Giant. Everybody said it's going to be the Chiefs and somebody in the AFC Championship. This is the giant that nobody wanted to face. Obviously, the Browns are the first team that has to face them. But I think the Browns are going to lose this game. But if they win, they're 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 a legitimate bona fide Super Bowl contender. However, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. They got too many weapons, too explosive. Even if they fall behind this game, they can come back. Man, we got some good playoff games this weekend. All right, so let's go here. This is probably. Uh, you know, it's not a bad game, but it's probably the worst out of all the playoff games, Rams and Packers. So the Rams have a legitimate defense. Now, this game's going to be interesting uh, because you got Jalen Ramsey up against someone like Devontae Adams, most likely. you got that elite secondary versus the offense of the Packers. However, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald uh, is injured, not saying he won't be an impact in this game, but he's still injured. Uh, I don't know how healthy Jared Goff is. And I think Aaron Rodgers knows. I, I don't think he's going to win a ring, but I think he knows his time is running short to win a ring. Uh, and I think he's going to be after when I think he's going to get it uh, or get this win and advance to the NFC Championship. 
Uh, I love the Rams. They're going to keep it close. Their secondary is elite. The back end is elite. I just still think the the Packers are going to find a way to get done. Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to get done. Okay, so let's go uh, to what might be my favorite game of the weekend. So we get the Saints and the Buccaneers. Uh, and this this will be Sunday, the last game of the divisional round. Sunday, Saints and the Buccaneers. I, I cannot wait for this game. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, strong chances the last time we'll ever see it again. Uh, Drew Brees is most likely going to retire after this year. I don't know how much longer Tom Brady is going to play. But either way, I think one of them, most likely Drew Brees is going to retire at the end of this year. Uh, last time I think we'll ever see it. And look, Drew Brees has manhandled the Buccaneers the past two times this season. I mean, they just got destroyed both times. You say, well, you give a pass to week one. Okay, I'll give a pass for week one. The other game was in the middle of the season. There's no excuse for that game. At their own stadium on Sunday night, they got beat 38-3, to I believe. Like, that cannot happen. So, let's go here. Who wins this game? I'm going to pick the Saints. I think they have the home field advantage in the Dome. I think Drew Brees understands what this would do for his legacy if he beats Tom Brady. I think the Saints are bonafide Super Bowl contenders as well. And I think the Saints have a secondary that can compete with the offense of the Buccaneers. Listen, the Bucks struggled. The Buccaneers struggled with the Washington football team. Hinkle, Hinkle played great. I'm not arguing that. They struggled with the Washington football team with a third-string quarterback with a 7-9 record. Say what you want to. You make excuses all you want to for the Buccaneers. It's not a good showing for them. I it, it I don't think I don't see them competing with this team of the Saints. I just don't do it. I think Drew Brees is hungry. I think he's healthy. I don't think he had to play too hard versus the Bears. I think they're going to win this game and eventually advance the NFC Championship with the Packers. All right, let's go uh, to the last game, which will be the Ravens and the Bills. So it's Saturday, eight fifteen. That game will take place. Listen, uh, I I went back and forth this a couple of times because I'm looking at the Bills. Josh Allen has certainly be playing at a high level. But I would still say this. The Ravens are on a hot streak. They have a hard time passing the football, sure. But look, they're going to have no trouble running the football because the Bills have no answer on either side of the football for their line of scrimmage. They cannot win it. They just cannot win it. They're all, this could be a shootout game to me, but I think Lamar Jackson and that rushing game is going to have no problem. Listen, it will be a problem versus someone like a Kansas City, maybe. It will be a problem versus someone like a Saints team. But it's not a problem versus someone like a Bills team because they do not have the line of scrimmage, not the front seven, to compete with that Ravens front uh, or rushing offense and that rushing attack of the offense with Dobbins and Ingram and Jackson and Edwards. Not to mention, you know, Marquise Brown, a true speed threat on the perimeter. I think, I think, that, I think Ravens are going to win this game. And I think they're on a hot streak right now. And whoever they play in the NFC Championship, whether it be the Chiefs or the Browns, should be a great game. So there you have it. There are my picks for NFL Division Round Weekend. Just to recap, I picked the Packers over the Rams. I picked the I picked the Chiefs over the Browns. I picked the Ravens over the Bills, and I picked the Saints over the Bucks. We I mean we are set up for some great playoffs here and a great championship weekend, and potentially, honestly, a great Super Bowl. All right. 
So last thing I want to get to here was the national championship game of college. So Alabama uh, beat Ohio State convincingly, uh, 55-24, 54-24. And I want to go here really quick. So uh, I get the argument. People, people, uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff out there. Oh, but the committee didn't want to blow out. Ohio State didn't belong in the playoff. Well, no, Ohio State belonged to the playoff. Um, they beat Clemson convincingly as well. Ohio State would have beat Notre Dame convincingly. Ohio State would have beat Texas A&M convincingly. No one would have beat Alabama, folks. No one. Not to mention, not making excuses for Ohio State. They were without Trey Sermon. They were without... Uh, a lot. Th- not to make excuses, but they without Trey Sermon and without a couple players, Alabama would have won that game either way. But it, it probably would have been a little bit more respectable. But nonetheless, uh, Alabama was the best team in college football this year. Um, so let's talk about the future of college football. People are like, "Well, this is bad for the sport of college football. We need to expand the playoff." And I one hundred percent agree that we need to expand the playoff. But I would also make this argument: it's not going to change anything. I mean, what what is expanding the playoff going to do? You think that one of these teams? You think Indiana? You think? Uh, do you think that Indiana? Or do you think that Coastal Carolina is going to compete with Alabama or Ohio State? Do you think that these some of these teams that you know are wanting to get in? Do you think North Carolina could beat Alabama? It will make it more interesting, and I hope it happens because it will be fun and awesome to watch. We will get matchups we've never seen before. However, I don't think it's going to change the gist of what I think people uh, are wanting it to change. People are wanting it to change the dynasty and the domination of teams like Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And I don't think it's going to change that. I think it will make it more interesting. There might be an upset here or there, but there's still going to be domination by the best teams. Until we actually change the true schedule, not just the playoffs, until we actually make teams change their schedules to where they're playing games that aren't just in conference, where we get matchups like Ohio State and Alabama, we get matchups like Clemson and Penn State. Until we get those matchups, nothing is going to change because the problem is when you begin to dominate a conference, Recruiting goes to those schools, and it's not going to change until a new, per, until a new team that dominates comes in. And unfortunately for for the five conferences, unfortunately for the conferences that that aren't the Pac-12, you have Alabama dominating the SEC year in year out, Ohio State dominating the Big Ten year in year out, Oklahoma dominating the Big Twelve year in year out, Clemson dominating the ACC year in year out. Occasionally, there will be some schools that pop up. The Pac-12 really is the only conference that's been dominated, and you can really make the argument that's been dominated by Oregon. But to be fair, uh, Oregon shouldn't have gotten in this year. Uh, they sort of backdoored their way into that Pac-12 championship game. But nonetheless, uh, it still has been dominated by Oregon. So you say, why do you fix that? Well, I think you just have to have matchups during the regular season. Listen, expand the playoff, and I'm all for that, and that's awesome. But I don't think that's going to change what people are thinking is going to change. It will make it more interesting, but I think domination from these elite-level schools are still going to be there. What you have to do is you have to have these matchups of someone in the— you have to have these matchups of someone like an LSU versus a Indiana in the Big Ten. You have to have these matchups of Ohio State and Alabama. We, we should have these matchups every year. Not those specific ones, but we should have these matchups every year where you have ACC 
opponents playing SEC opponents and you have Big Ten opponents playing Big 12 opponents. Those need to happen. We need to have these matchups with Alabama and Oklahoma. It shouldn't just happen once a year in the playoffs. It needs to happen uh, throughout the year and will really balance the scales, I believe, uh, in terms of domination in college football. Staying with Alabama uh, and these and these uh, college quarterbacks, many people after that game said, well, Mac Wilson's underrated. He deserves to be a first-round pick, top 20 pick, top 15 pick. And I just... I, I strongly disagree with that. It's nothing against Mac Jones. He's got a great football mind. He put up Heisman-worthy stats. He put up, uh, you know, numbers that are rare to see in the SEC. But let me let me bring this to you. And this is what people say. Oh, well, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was a f- number one overall pick. And he put up around the same numbers as Mac Jones. And he had all sorts of talent around him. Here's the difference, though. The way you evaluate a system quarterback is what they do when the system fails. Okay? Justin Fields, when the system fails, scrambles, and he's got freak athletic ability and a freak arm, and it's just an absolute beast at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence has tremendous accuracy, has great wheels, is super big, super tall. Zach Wilson... Doesn't have the talent around him, but is putting up great numbers. So all those quarterbacks, they check boxes outside of the system. They check the box for size. They check the box for arm strength. They check the box for accuracy. They check the box for mobility. You go down that list and you evaluate Mac Jones. He doesn't check the box for mobility. Good arm, not great. Good accuracy, not great. Does he have all sorts of talent around him? Oh yeah, more than any of those guys I just mentioned. Devontae Smith, a Heisman winner, many people say are the best is the best receiver they've ever seen. He had Jalen Waddle for the first few games of the year. He has Najee Harris at back, opens up the game and is open opens up the passing game and is great in the open field and can make guys miss. Listen, it's not a shot at Mac Jones, but Mac Jones shouldn't be a first round pick. And and it doesn't mean I dislike Mac Jones, it doesn't mean I'm not ruined for him, but he shouldn't be a first round pick. And I know that's like, well, look at his numbers and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow made plays outside. He made plays outside of the system. Justin Fields made plays outside of the system. Trevor Lawrence made plays outside of the system. And you look at Matt Jones, sir. He made scramble and dive for ten, for first down once every five games. But he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. And I think that's very important to notice. And I don't see him succeeding in the NFL. At least he shouldn't be a first round pick in my opinion. Alright, well that is going to wrap it up for Red Zone Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys uh, will enjoy your playoffs. We'll be back next week to recap divisional round and to preview those conference championship games. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great day everyone. I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio. And God bless.